gentlemen, welcome back to the Uncaged the Lion podcast. I'm your host, Will Layton, and I'm happy to have you on board, tuned in today. I think this is going to be a good one. We're going to be talking about a fun subject today. Uh, before I get into that, I just want to say if you are unfamiliar with the Uncaged the Lion movement, then um, you should know that we talk about masculinity here. We're unafraid. We're bold to say stuff that needs to be said. We stand for truth. All right. But we believe that men should be raised up and built into men of God, that they should embrace a lion hearted masculinity, traditional values, biblical values, in fact, and that uh, we should be unashamed of these things. So here we try to build men into lions, into kings, and uh, into leaders, leaders for their wives and their children, their family, their communities. And this is the type of man we seek to build here. All right. So if that sounds good to you, if that resonates with you, if that mission and purpose sounds like the type of thing you can get behind, then this is the place for you. All right. Now, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about what exactly it means to be a king. Okay. That's a kind of a cliche word you hear a lot. Maybe if you're in the masculinity circles or you're a man, you hear about being a king or being an alpha. And they're overused. And I think they're underexplained. All right. Now, I, I like the term alpha. I think it's a good term, but it's overused by people that don't really understand it. People will throw around beta a lot because it's pretty easy to identify a beta male. Um, it's easy because there's so many of them. We're so used to seeing them. What's rare is seeing an alpha and seeing a king. But so we, we see this um, this alpha get attributed to something that's really not a real alpha. It's not a real king. It's not true masculinity. Okay, it often gets confused with a counterfeit. A counterfeit masculinity. All right, now I don't want to use the word toxic masculinity because that's something entirely different that the uh, the left likes to use, all right? Uh, but it, in a way it is. In a way that's, that is what it is and that's what they're referring to. But really what it is, it's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit, it's, it's mocking true masculinity. It takes all the brute animalistic sides of masculinity and none of the spiritual moral aspects. All right, now, C.S. Lewis, I, I know I talk about him in, in the last episode, if you listened in, and that's a good episode, and you should go check it out. It's about men without chests and what that means. But C.S. Lewis talks about uh, this problem in his essay, The Necessity of Chivalry. And if you haven't checked it out, uh, go read it, or you can even go find it on YouTube. Uh, C.S. Lewis Doodles is a great account. I love to check them out. And they take some of his favorite, uh, his his most revered essays and writings and chapters from his books, and they turn it into a fun little video you can watch where, where a guy actually draws out everything that you hear while uh, a British guy uh, reads. It's really good. They're They're cool. But anyway, in The Necessity of Chivalry, he talks about how we're so unused to seeing the Lancelots, the nobility, the knights, the chivalrous gentlemen. And this is really the aim at which all men should go towards, is to be a Lancelot, so to speak. It's to be a king. All right. And this is really what a true alpha is. This is what true masculinity is. But it's so rare, you don't see it very much. And that's what we're trying to do on this podcast, is build more men up to this, to to explain this type of masculinity 
to people. So they can spot the counterfeit and they can seek to develop themselves into the real thing. All right, so in in the necessity of chivalry, Lewis talks about how you have this uh, seemingly the seeming contrast between the brute and and the the warrior and the chivalrous, noble, meek man, and how these two don't really coincide, but they do coincide at one point, and that is the idea of the noble knight and the chivalrous man. And it's such a high ideal, but it's 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 not really necessarily easy to get to, all right? And I can't explain it on the fly the way he does, so I will refer you back to that video. Maybe I'll link it in the show notes. It's great. But anyway, I want to talk about this, because this is the whole idea of tender, aggressive masculinity. I'll use that term a lot. You'll hear me, t- hear, uh, you'll hear me use the term a lot, and that's basically, you need to be a man that is meek, but also bold and confrontational. And this is what constitutes true masculinity. This is the way Jesus was. We see this dichotomy in Jesus' character when he's described as the lion and the lamb. How is he both? But yet we know Jesus was the most masculine man to ever live. All right, so we can take a lot of examples from Jesus' character. Um, But this is a good example of the whole idea of the tender, aggressive man and how that is really what constitutes a real king. All right. And so this exposes some things about the counterfeits to masculinity and the counterfeits to a true alpha or a true king. And those counterfeits, uh, there's a lot of good examples of them, but um, I'm going to be talking about Aragorn today and um, how he's, I think, one of the best examples of true masculinity that we see in in popular culture today and that we have to go off of. And and one of the best examples um, of the growth from boy to man, so to speak, from ranger to king. And I'll dive more into that, but I want to talk about real quick, the counterfeit, the counterfeit king, the counterfeit steward. And of course, we see this in the Lord Denethor. All right. Now, if you know anything about the Lord of the Rings, you would know that Lord Denethor is the man, they call him the steward of Gondor. He is the man that is reigning in the place of Aragorn, the rightful king, the rightful heir to the throne, as Aragorn's direct ancestors were the kingly line that ruled Gondor, righteously ruled Gondor. Um, and so I don't know all the details about it because I, I'm not as big of a Lord of the Rings nerd as I would like to be. I need to read a little bit more. But essentially what happened is Aragorn and his line were misplaced from the throne and a line of stewards rose up instead. And Denethor is one of the stewards. And Denethor is a egotistical, weak beta male, then and he all he cares about is holding on to his power. And this is a good example of the counterfeit. In this example, he's the counterfeit steward. Counterfeit king. Now I actually I like the word steward. I think that's a great word for describing what a man should be. A man should be a steward over 
that which the Lord gives him. So really, even though they call Denethor the steward, which I think is the correct term here, a steward is not a bad thing. A steward is what men should be. But in this sense, he is a he's the counterfeit king. Okay. And now, so this exposes some things about the um, counterfeit masculinity, the counterfeit alphas out there. And you'll see a lot of them. There's a lot more counterfeit alphas than there are true alphas. And our goal here is to raise up true kings and true alphas. So it's good to be able to identify them when you see them, okay? This comes with bravado. A lot of bravado. They will be flaunting what they got because they're insecure on the inside. And they are not truly confident in their own masculinity. So they seek approval from others. Egotistical. Self-centered. These are men that care more about themselves and their own well-being and their own success than that of those around them. Okay? You'll see this in men that are overly, uh, they care way too much about their uh, image. You'll see this in, in the type of guys that go out clubbing and chasing after girls and, man, they're all jacked and juiced up, but... They, uh, they don't have true manhood, right? This is the type of man that'll cheat on his wife. All right, this is, this shows that, this shows that insecurity there. Um, and, and you, of course you get into all this, you know, misogyny and talk and things like that and toxic masculinity, but really what you need to know is the counterfeit alpha will look sometimes will look like the real thing on the outside. They'll hail themselves as the king, but really, when they get power, instead of ruling over what they are given righteously, their relationships, their family, their employees, they rule over either tyrannically or they rule over them weakly. Very weak. You get two sides here. Now, the weak side is more what we would call a beta male. All right, so those are pretty identifiable. The tyrannical, overly aggressive, brute, animalistic is the alpha male. It's it's the male that is masculine to the extreme without the spiritual and moral development that really constitutes that of a true man. Because we're not only animals, people. It would be true that that is the epitome of manhood if we were only animals, but we're not. In the gorilla world, you have the, the alpha male gorilla. He's in, he, he conquers by his bruteness, and he has the harem of women, of his female gorillas, and he gets per first pick at them, and he gets first pick at all the food. But in the realm of humanity, this isn't so because we're not animals. We're not merely animals. And so to be a truly great man, to be a king, it's actually kind of the inverse of this. Now you have to have all of the physical strength attributes, respected, have presence, gravitas. Sure, these are important, definitely, and they go a long way. But a true king and a truly masculine man and a true alpha doesn't see to his own needs, 
at the expense of others. Okay, he doesn't have a harem of women. His one woman that he loves is devoted to. He doesn't rule his kingdom tyrannically or selfishly or constantly worrying about who's trying to usurp his throne and take his power and this person and that person conspiring against him. That's what a weak, insecure, spineless coward does. And that's not the type of man we're trying to be. Right, man? All right, so now let's contrast this with, okay, you've laid out what a man is not, what what the counterfeit alpha is, and therefore what a true man and a true king is not. You you know the beta male, and I'm not going to go too much into the beta male. I mentioned, you know, briefly, because there's so many of them. We have an overabundance of beta males, so I don't think I need to describe it. So now go into what is a king? What is a true king? What is a true alpha? What does this look like? Okay. Since we're not merely animals, it's not only based off of our bravado and our physical dominance. It's not only about dominance. Now, if if you express those things and you are that tyrannical sort of alpha male, that counterfeit alpha male in today's culture, that's what's labeled toxic masculinity by the left. And that's, you know, to some degree. And that's also what's labeled um, a misogynist. And, you know, I don't, these aren't good things. Obviously, we're meant to respect and revere women and the feminine and really bring out that in the women that we are around in our lives and make men more masculine by being in our presence. That's the goal, not to stifle them down. So, how do we do that? A king has two roles. Now, this is where we get into the heart of a king. What? really constitute the heart of a king. Actually, I take that back. I said two. Really, it's more like three. Okay. And of course, with everything, it can be niched down, subcategorized down. But let's just get, a again, a thousand foot view. Okay. So what constitutes the heart of a king? Well, let's take a case study. And no, no better case study than I said Aragorn. And we see in Aragorn a, a true development from man with some real promise and he's never at at any point is he ever um, really the beta male. He's never really the beta male at any point. Um, He's never really ever the counterfeit alpha male. He's never that tyrannical person. He's more of a ranger, right? So this is another archetype. I would say another personality that stems to that's on the road. It's, it's, it's a transition from boy into young man into king. It's the step kind of before king. And I I think a lot of men go through this stage. And some men get stuck in it. and And I don't think it's good to get stuck in this stage. But this stage in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing for a man. As long as you don't get stuck there. Whereas the other states are bad things in and of themselves. Okay, the beta male is a bad thing. You don't want to be a beta. The misogynistic counterfeit alpha male is a bad thing. You don't want to be that. The ranger, on the other hand, isn't really a bad thing. It's just more of a stage of a development of man. But don't get stuck there, like I said. So we see Aragorn. He's a ranger. He roams the north in the wild. He comes from a a long line of kings, but he has he's shirked this responsibility. And 
he roams and does good deeds and fights orcs and does these things on his own. They call him Strider, a ranger. But he's hiding from and trying to escape his true calling, his rightful throne, which is the throne of Gondor. And because of his absence, the kingdom of Middle-earth and the kingdom of Gondor is crumbling because it has no true leader, no true king. It has a false king in its stead. We talked about Denethor. And it has the forces of evil coming at it from the outside that seek to destroy humanity, destroy that which is good, true, and beautiful. And we can obviously relate these things to what's going on in society today. With the absence of men, real men, in our culture, we have the fall, the downfall of society because we have these false men, these false leaders leading us in politics and government and at home. Okay. And so you can learn a lot from watching this. And I'll dive more about this in the book that I I started writing called right now. The working title is The King's Heart Uncaged the Lion Inside. And that was really the thing that the idea for that book really stemmed this whole movement. I started writing this book before I even, you know, started my Instagram page or started this podcast about six months ago. And I'll dive into this in much more detail there. But what I really want to drive home is the fact that Aragorn goes from ranger without purpose, but a good man with a lot of promise. His skills, manly skills, he wanders the wild, he does these things, but he never really accepts the mantle of his birthright, of his ancestors. He doesn't move forward that tradition. He doesn't embrace the man that he was meant to be, the man God has called him to be. And because of that, his kingdom suffers. Until, until, there is no turning back. Until he sees firsthand the evil effect of Sauron upon the land. And when he sees no one else stepping up in his stead, he takes over. He realizes at that point he had a decision to make. Accept the man that he was, his true name, or continue to be Strider, the nameless ranger from the north. And so he does. And in, in, in doing so, his, I believe his heart and his affections and his character as a man changes from that ranger. He grows and develops into the king at this point before he's ever even crowned towards the end of the third book. The book called The Return of the King. I'm sure you're familiar with it. And so he goes on this journey to save Middle-earth and... In doing so, he accepts that mantle. He accepts that birthright. And what he does is he provides leadership, all right? And so now we're getting into the roles of a king, the three roles. And and I don't want to go too much longer, but I think these are important things to dive into to some depth. So that's why I'm doing that here. So these three roles of really what makes up a king's heart, what makes up a true man, a true alpha, is when a king provides order 
to his kingdom. Okay, so this is the first thing. A king provides order. He provides structure. He provides leadership, okay? All synonymous. Whichever word you decide to choose, whichever way helps you really internalize the concept the best, do that. He provides order. And in doing so, he also provides the culture, the ethos, the mission. He dictates the order, the rules, the law of his household. A man has a final say. It's no happy wife, happy life. It sounds good, but in reality, that doesn't work. It leads to broken marriages and weak men and resentful wives. Okay? So take the mantle. Be, step up. Be the man that you need to be and put order into your household. Set the rules. Set the ethos. Set the goals. Give your wife and your children a mission to work towards, an ethos, a family culture. Set traditions in your home and stick by them. You set the rules. You set the order. All right? So that's what Aragorn does. Aragorn, he sets this, he becomes the leader. He becomes the leader of the fellowship. He becomes the leader of the free people of Middle-earth. Everyone looks to him. All right? He accepts the mantle. He provides order. He provides the mission, the ethos, the culture, the hope. All right. Next, a true king provides fertility and blessing to that which he presides over, to that which he has authority over. So a true king does not have a land that is barren, a wasteland. As it says, in the Bible, you will know them by their fruits. A good tree produces good fruits. A bad tree produces bad fruit. So if you see somewhere a man and his family is in disarray and this and that and everything he touches in disarray is because he's not providing fertility and blessing to that which he sees. He oversees. In some way, he's neglecting those responsibilities. All right, maybe he's providing fertility in, in the sense of uh, monetary. Maybe he's working his butt off, like we talked about the alcohol, uh, not the alcoholic, but rather the workaholic. Maybe he's doing that, but he's not, when he comes home, he's, he's in a bad mood and he's not giving time to his wife and to his kids. All right. And what does this result in? It results in bad fruit. So a king has to give fertility and blessing to that which he oversees. If your kids behave well and everyone likes them and they don't talk back and this and that, and people love to have your kids over, that speaks to you as a man, as a leader. As it says in Proverbs that the wife, the, the Proverbs 31 woman, she's her husband's known in the gate. People know about his wife because of how wonderful she is. And, and of course, this is important, but this is more easily achieved when a husband himself is righteous. That'll rub off on the wife. Okay? You set the tone. So, 
Tell your kids you love them. Tell your wife you you love her when you come home. Decompress. If you got to just take a minute before you go inside, when you come back from work, do what you got to do. Transition, decompress, and be that man that provides blessing and fertility to your household and to that which you oversee. Say good things about people. Look for things to compliment people on. Nobody wants, nobody likes the man that they, all they want to hear is well done. Maybe you had a dad, your father. He never said he loved you. He never said, well done. I'm proud of you, son. But that's all you wanted to hear. Maybe you loved everything about him. You, you respected everything about him, but he wasn't a kind man. And that's all you wished was just that he could be kind. Don't be that type of man. Be the man that is kind and that lavishes praise and compliments and love and blessing upon your people. Okay? That's the second role of a king. If he's a good king, he does those things. The third is he's a protector, a defender of the innocent, of of that which is good, true, and beautiful, of course, but especially of that which he has authority over. A good king does not let his kingdom become overrun. That's why we can get we can talk about the immigration and, and the wall here and, and all the political arguments there. But let's set that aside for right this moment. And just talk about your household. Can you defend your household? Can you defend your wife? Or are you weak? Are you prepared for disasters that are coming? Can you defend against things on the horizon that are coming? Can you protect them? When the time comes, do you protect your children? Do you care about what they see, what they're learning? Are you protecting their minds from school, from these liberal institutions that seek to plant seeds of disarray and evil into them, these universities? Are you protecting them in whichever way you can protect them while still giving them enough freedom to develop as unique individuals? Defend what is yours. Protect what is yours. This is what a good king does. So we see these qualities in Aragorn. To make that connection there, we see these qualities in Aragorn. Aragorn defends the free people of Middle-earth to his very last breath if he needed to. He was willing to die. And that's really what constitutes a man. A great man is self-sacrifice. He does all these things for the benefit of others, not for himself. It would have been better for Aragorn if he never stepped up. He never took those responsibilities. He stayed in the wild and he did his own thing. It would have been easier for him to do those things, but that's not what he did. And if he did, we would have never remembered his name, so to speak. He would have never been a character worthwhile in the book. Instead, he inspired thousands upon thousands of men with his words, with his culture, with his ethos, with his leadership. He defended Gondor. He reclaimed the throne. He defended it against spiritual warfare. In a way, you can see Sauron as not just a physical enemy with all the orcs and the thousands upon thousands of orcs that were coming to attack and take over Middle-earth and to end the Age of Men, but it's also a spiritual battle too, so that we can see In our homes, most of the time, this will look like a spiritual battle. You're not going to be fighting orcs on the street. That'd be fun. I'd love to lop an orc's head off. That'd be great. That's probably not what you're going to be doing. 
If it comes to it, you need to be able to do that. But likely your battlefront, your the defending of your home is going to be in their hearts and minds, defending them from the lies of the culture and defending your loved ones from spiritual warfare wherever possible. You're the high priest of your home. Okay, so a king's heart is a self-sacrificial heart. He does these things for the benefit of those he presides over, of that which God gave him, what he has authority over. This is what he, all his aims are to do this, to flourish his kingdom in these ways. So he provides order, leadership, culture, ethos. Same thing. They're all, they're all synonyms here. He provides blessing and fertility to his land, to his people, to his family. All right. And he provides defense from that which would do them harm. All right. I think that's enough. That's pretty in depth. We really got into it here today and I had a lot of fun talking about these things. I could talk about them for hours, but I hope you take these things to heart and it helps you recognize the counterfeit masculinity that's out there in the various forms, tyrannical, beta male, all these different things. And you recognize that and you separate it from true masculinity, which is hallmarked and trademarked by self-sacrifice, by leadership, by blessing, and by protecting those which you need to protect. All right, men, thanks so much. I hope you have a good day, a blessed day. And I just want to remind you one last time, if this real, if this movement, if this podcast, if these things really resonate with you, please, nothing will help out more. Nothing will help spread this message more than you sharing with anybody that you can share with that you think would appreciate this message and that would join the movement. All right. So rate this. Leave a five-star review if you liked it. Share, share to your Instagram, share to your Facebook, share wherever you need to share. Text the link to your friends. I'm asking this of you because I want you to be men of action and I want to see this movement grow because it's fine to sit here and talk about these things. But if people never hear it and they never put it into action, it's not going to matter in the end. So spread the word, do what you can do. Subscribe to the newsletter, uh, subscribe to the email list. That way you can always hear from me no matter what, no matter when, when it's, it's not a matter of if, but when I get censored and shut down and taken off the various platforms, which is happening like crazy. There's a purge right now against Christians and conservatives. All right. So let's foolproof ourselves against those things as much as possible. Connect with me over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about this podcast episode. Shoot me a message over at, at Uncage the Lion. Go like the page on Facebook over at Uncage the Lion 1. Join the Brotherhood over on Facebook private group. There's uh, a few questions you need to answer. Just three easy questions, but it lets me know if you're serious about really being a proactive member of the group and developing as a man. Follow me on Gab, on Parlor when it gets back up right now. It's shut down. On MeWe. Connect with me wherever you can and follow on Instagram, of course, at Uncage the Lion. All right, gentlemen, I know that's a lot to ask from you. 
you don't need to do them all. Just do what you can. Do what you're feeling called to do. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Until then, please be men of strength. Be honorable. Be courageous. Uncaged the world.